Hello and welcome back to the Photog Mog. Uh, it is October 3rd and it is 12.24 in the morning. Um, yes, I could not sleep and so I've just got too much on my mind. Can I get myself properly relaxed? And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to come down here and I'm going to make a podcast. So uh, what is floating around in my mind that's keeping me from sleeping? Uh, lots of things, okay? Lots of things that I want to talk to you guys about. And instead of just pulling out the uh, pen and paper, I just decided to pull out the microphone and laptop. So uh, what's on the agenda tonight is 5th Anniversaries, Adoption, and it seems like there was something else, but I can't remember what it is. So one of these 5th Anniversaries, uh, I'm actually going to talk about... Uh, I want um because the topic it's kind of controversial and it can really take up a lot of time on its own. I am going to uh, I'm probably going to do that in an episode for next week. Um, and uh, and on the note of uh, when I air these things, um, I still haven't figured out if I'm going to do this, you know, weekly or like every other week, or daily, I don't know, I don't know yet, because I think I'm just going to do it as things come to me, and so you might get multiple ones in a week, uh, yeah, it might be, there might be a gap, I, I don't know, um, but what I don't want th- to happen is, what happens so often with things that I do is, uh, I, I get busy, and it becomes a chore to sit down and record something, and, uh, and then I just stop doing it. Um, my YouTube channel has taken that hit. Um, a lot of that's my own fault because of high expectations and uh, setting the bar so high that I feel like I can't attain it, so I don't even try. And that's something that I feel like I'm getting over. And so maybe expect to start seeing things on the YouTube channel again. Um, maybe. We'll see. Because uh, I do think it's fun, and I like putting stuff out there, but I want to make sure it's good quality stuff. Um, I'm going to use this <laughs> as my medium for uh, sitting and rambling a little bit. So let's start with 5th Anniversaries. The first one, uh, just a little bit of a spoiler alert for the next episode. It is about the death of a friend and funeral photography. Okay, So I want you to get your ideas out. Questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever. Just start getting those wrote down um, and let me know. Uh, somewhere, uh, my uh, my phone number, as I've said before, is two zero nine four nine seven four six eight six or two zero nine G W photo, and don't hesitate to shoot me a message, give me a call, leave me uh, leave me a voicemail. You know, get back to it. You know, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say, and if it's if it's worth airing, maybe with your permission, I will air that. You know, your your thoughts, what you said, uh, had to say to me, and you know, whatever. So, but that's gonna be for next week. So, be ready because it's coming. The other fifth anniversary. I love talking about it, um, but I also love talking about the other thing too. So don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just it's just a deeper subject. This one's more on the lighter side, a humanitarian, if you will. So Guatemala, 2015. We we did a missions trip down to Guatemala with uh, a couple of missionaries from Impact Nations, and uh, Impact Nations is a non-denominational Christian organization that provides spiritual and physical support to hurting people around the world. 
and I got that from the missionary's website. It seems like they're, they're very open about a lot of things that they do, and they weren't necessarily telling us to be quiet whenever uh, this happened five years ago, but there's still not a whole lot of, of information about what they were doing. So I want to be careful with that. I want to be careful with our missionaries. I want to make sure they're protected and um, whatever. But I do know that these guys, uh, this family in particular, does really, really good work. And so if, if I were to reach out to them and uh, get permission to talk more deeply about who they are, then, then I'll do that. Uh, but anyways... Um, Guatemala, 2015. I can't, I mean, it's sometimes it's really hard to believe that that was five years ago, but Guatemala was such an eye-opening experience. It's just, it was so cool. You know, I mean, the, the country itself is beautiful. The people, the people are so beautiful, but they are, at the time, you know, we're, we're rebounding as a nation, as a, uh, you know, they're, they're, their political parties, their their society um, was rebounding from, uh, if I understood correctly, uh, from a uh, a war. Uh, maybe it was like an internal thing, uh, a p- political regime or something, and uh, you know, and so we were there to. I mean, they were. It may, that may have even been years ago uh, from that time, but they were still reeling from from some of that and uh coming coming out of it um like like I know for instance uh, they had highly encouraged uh us you know the Americans to not wear like camouflage you know I mean like I had some camo shorts and stuff like that and they are like yeah you probably don't want to wear that um you know they have a police who look like regular police and then they have militarized police who are in camos and carry um, long rifles and and uh, and so that was that was pretty uh, pretty interesting and uh, but just the experiences that we had there you know we we stayed in this little village that was uh, man barely on a map I know the months leading up to the trip. I had scoured the internet trying to find out where they were taking us. They'd given me a, a name of the of the town that we were staying in. It wasn't even a town; it was a village. And this village was called San Luis Pueblo Nuevo. Um, you could look it up now; you might find it. But it it took me forever uh, to <laughs> to find this little town. It's like literally two or three streets, maybe as long as a, a regular city block and um, I would imagine there, there were probably like maybe a hundred people in this village and it was on the side of a mountain and I think we were at like I don't know seven eight thousand feet in elevation and and so we're talking this is the beginning of summer and it never got above 80 degrees. And uh, all around us was, uh, man, it was it was poverty. Um, but it was it was necessary uh, for us to to be in that 
because it really opened our eyes and it opened our hearts to what was going on in uh, really the the whole country. Um, you know, whenever we arrived in Guatemala City, it was like, you know, holy smokes. I mean, there's lights and uh, traffic and there's highways and the roads are insane because they're all windy, even in the city. Um, but then as soon as you leave the city, it's like a different planet. <laughs> um, the closest major city to us was Chimaltenango. And it was... It was a bustling city, but it was uh, not, like, you know, massive or anything. It'd probably be equivalent to, oh, what's this, what's the nearest thing to us? It definitely not, not like St. Louis. Um, yeah, maybe like a Edwardsville, but a whole lot slummier, you know, like Chimaltenango, at least what we saw of it. Um... You know, well, I mean, like there, there was well, like the, so we we went to a park one day and we ministered to uh, some uh, young men and boys that uh, they were shoe shiners, but they lived on the streets and that's how they made their money. Um, and so we uh, gave them food, gave the kids like toys and stuff, and got, we prayed with them, played music for them, and uh, you know, just just kind of uh, just showed them that people, you know, like like we see you. And uh, and we love you, and we, and we want what you know. We want better for you than you know than this. But but the cool thing was was these people were they loved life. Um, you know we we were uh, told to not come in with this um, you know like white savior <laughs> mentality that you know we're here to save you um, because. You know, these people are just living life, man. They don't, they don't need to be saved from their lives. Um, it does. It always feels good to to know that you're seen and heard and loved. But these people didn't need to be saved from their lives just because they had poor ways. Um, they just, they just need their soul saved. You know, they just need to know Jesus. And so that's what we, uh, that's what we were urged to focus on. And so, I utilized my time there too, to document a lot. But, um, you know, but I, uh, I don't know. There was just so much because we were there for like ten days, and there was so much that happened every day. Was was uh, ministering to people. We ministered to, like I said, the street kids in Chimaltenango. We went to a uh, an orphanage. Well, no, okay, so the first place we went was more like a daycare and ministered to the children there, and that was really cool. That was actually our first stop. Then it was, uh, the next day was the street kids. Then we went to the uh, the county dump. So it was kind of like a quad, uh, a quad county or quad city kind of place. There were like four different uh, districts that, that used this dump. But there were probably, uh, judging by the amount of tents, you know, probably eight families that um, lived at the dump. Uh, and one thing we learned was that while they live here, like, the, so the guy who managed the whole thing, like, he lived there during the week. 
but you know his wife and kids i mean they had a home and he would go home on weekends and and whatever but but then he had a little shack that he built at the dump and he lived there during the week and he would bring his son with him every once in a while and he happened to be there that day but then we just got to sit and we ministered with them and you know, played music for them, did little skits and so that was interesting that was fun then we went to uh we went back into the city and uh started up a, a soccer match with uh, some of the local uh, teenage boys on this one spot that that area kind of reminded me of some parts of like downtown St. Louis um cause like some of the projects and that i mean it was still it was still a really cool area and they were again just the people the people are so neat you know they're so beautiful they're funny um then we went to uh so I'm trying to make sure I get all of it straight. Um, we went to a uh, another. It was like a kids' school, but it was like it was specifically for uh, kids who only had a mom, like like a single mom, and uh, like these moms were abandoned by their husbands, and so uh, they have programs in place that help kids in that situation because. With the way, I mean, like, like the overall, uh, like, culture is, uh, like, uh, from a spiritual side, it's, it's like the traditional Mayan uh, religion mixed with Catholicism. Um, and what comes from that is, is a very tight-knit, uh, family-oriented um, people. But because we live in a broken world, these these families do still end up broken, just like everywhere else in this world. And um, but because family is so important, they want to make sure that that broken families are taken care of. And so I th- you know, that's that's pretty cool too. So we went in there and we we ministered some too. And again, you know, we you know throwing out prizes and um, you know let some of the kids you know click the shutter on the camera and. And uh, it was a good time. Um, I would say that the, the the thing that stuck out the the the, tr- uh, the one of the stops that we did that stuck out the most to me was the orphanage. That was on one of the one of the last days of ministering. Um, you know, so the the way things work down there is um, whenever it comes to medicine. Uh, well, not just medicine. There's a lot of aspects of, I don't want to say rural Guatemala, definitely rural Guatemala, but even like in some of these these cities, it feels like you're stepping back in time to like 1995 or something. But their their healthcare is, at least at the time, was so lacking. And they, they were figuring some things out. But So in this orphanage, it wasn't just... It wasn't just children. I mean, like, they were adults, but they were special needs. And so, like, their mentalities were were that of kids. But most, most, if not all of them, were special needs children. And, uh, you know, that usually because of the income levels, that if a special needs child is born into a family, it's almost like they immediately put the child in a home so they receive care because the parents aren't either educated enough or they don't make enough money yeah, and know that they just they just can't provide for what this child needs. And so they 
uh, leave them in these orphanages. Some families come and they visit them, so it's almost like, you know, just kind of like a assisted living, more like nursing home for some than others. It is. I mean, it's they were abandoned, or you know, or their parents died, or something like that. But that was we we were there were actually only only a few of us that were selected from our uh, team to go to this, and Angie and I were were one of the the few people that were chosen to go experience this just because of our of our uh, our experiences with Chance. That's our oldest son, and he he special needs, and and so uh, I just remember like the the nurses, the staff there were so overwhelmed. And so, once we were kind of prepared uh, for what we were going to see, you know, we, we kind of, I hate to say it, but we, we toured, and we went in and we visited with some of the uh, the individuals there, and most, most, if not all, couldn't really talk to us, though most of them probably weren't really aware that we were there, but some of them were, and uh, we would go by and we would just look into their eyes and we, you know, they, they speak Spanish, you know, but we would just look into their eyes. We would talk to them and we would pray for them. You know, even if we did speak Spanish, there's good chances that they wouldn't be able to understand us anyway. So it wouldn't really matter. But I can remember, you know, there, there were a couple of men that were there that uh, whenever we walked by and, you know, we were just kind of like, praying with them and just trying to be soothing and and I just remember like some of them would just like you know grab your hand and just just hold it and but there was there was one nurse in particular like this one ward that uh had one nurse over it and there were probably I don't know 20 uh children in this one room and it wasn't a very big room uh but they were like children children like we're talking you know, five to ten years old, and uh, they are, the, this one girl was almost like on a, like a backboard, but she was strapped in, and and was laid flat, but it was like adjustable, you know, when it was a bed, but it was, you know, very old, you could tell, I mean, this stuff was old, and she looked like she was probably... Probably on that on the the younger age, you know end of that spectrum, uh, five or six, and uh, I just remember we locked eyes. You know, I walked into the room and she just kind of like looked over and and uh, looking at her her physical condition, um, looked like she might have had a, a palsy of sorts. Um, uh, just like you know, just her some of her joints were you know deformed, but overall, I mean, she just looked like a little girl. Um, I know one of her feet uh, was turned at the angle completely upside down, and the bottom of her foot faced up. And one thing that we learned, what that we realized was that like this little girl, um, if she would have been receiving what we in America know as physical therapy. Uh, she wouldn't have had to have been strapped to that bed. She would have been able to, to walk and move around. But these were things that they're still figuring out. And and like I said, and they are getting better. Like they had a, a big um, atrium with an, uh, an open ceiling. 
uh, that they had, like exercise balls and exercise bikes and wheelchairs and things like that. That you know, like 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 special kind of wheelchairs that were specifically for exercising the kids. And this was like they, so there were things that they were figuring out. But to see this little girl, and I just remember I walked over and and she was. She was, uh, you know, she was kind of warm. She was, she was a little, you know, had a little bit of a glisten on her, and and so I just walked over and I just, you know, brushed her hair off her forehead, and and she just looked at me, and her eyes were were huge, and they just twinkled, and and she got this this smile on her face, and and her, you know, she had snaggle teeth, and <laughs> you know, and and she was just so sweet, and then I remember this nurse came came bustling by, and I tried to. I tried to figure out a way to to ask her if if she needed any help. And as I turned toward her and I put my hands up, you know, up to her like like palms up and she just she grabbed uh from her cart that she had, she grabbed a bottle off of it and put it in my hands and took my hand and put the bottle in the girl's mouth and you know, and I said said thank you and moved on. <laughs> and so so I sat there with this little girl, and and I, I fed her bottle. And uh, as the nurse came by, I grabbed a rag off of her cart and was able to wipe her face and and uh, you know wipe the the sweat off of her forehead. And and I just I just sat and I talked to her. I whispered to her and just told her that she was beautiful and that God loved her and and that He's got a special place for you. Um, you know, these innocent ones, these little children, you know, and, you know, and, and she just, she would just smile, she would giggle. I think of all the things that I experienced over the course of those 10 days, that, that pierced right through me, you know, that was, that was such an incredible experience. And, like, I know that there were, there were some teenagers there, and, they weren't sure what to make of it, you know, and that's, and that's understandable, you know, they don't have the life experience, and, you know, but, but even still, I would pray that, that this was eye-opening to them, and that it, that it changed their lives, you know, I mean, not just the things that affected us, like, uh, physically, like not being able to drink the water, or the fact that, like, whenever we went, you know, we, we thought we had the luxury of being able to take a shower, but then we realized that there was between, like, 30 people, that there was 15 minutes of hot water, <laughs> and uh, and whenever that water came out, even though it was crystal clear and whatnot, that it, it smelled like sewage, and, you know, just one of those things, you know, that you couldn't flush toilets anywhere in Guatemala, you know, it felt like, because um, if you did, bad things happened, and uh, and so... You know, once you realize that this is how these people live, you know, we're experiencing it for 10 days, but this is their lives, you know. It changes you. It really does. And uh, I'll never, ever forget my my time in Guatemala. Um, it was uh, the same, uh, just so much. Of it. There's just so much. And I know that there are things I left out, that we did so much there. Um you know, things that uh, I would have to go back through my, you know, 300-some-odd photos that, that I kept to remember everything. And I honestly um, look forward to the next time to be able to do something like that again. 
um, the missionaries we were with have changed their focus, and uh, they have opened up their own uh, orphanage in uh, a neighboring country. So, so the, these missionaries they went between Guatemala and El Salvador, and I believe they opened up an orphanage in El, El Salvador, and uh, uh, and God is blessing them greatly, and I, and I pray that He continues to. Um, because they do a great work, and uh, if we have the opportunity again someday to uh, team up with them and help them out again, um, I would jump all over that. That would be so neat. Uh, so we're going to stop here for a break, and you know, just hear a word from this episode's sponsor. All right, welcome back. Uh, so in this part, we're going to uh, lighten things up a little bit. So we've been sitting here talking about this Guatemala trip, and and uh, the you know the last couple of things we had talked about you know basically was orphanages and uh, you know the the need for loving and protecting children and, uh, and so that leads me to adoption you know adoption is is one of those things like you know to some people even myself was uh, the idea of it was scary and I can say you know since becoming a foster parent that it's not as scary as you think. I guess the truth of it is is it's not for everybody. You know, you never know until you're there which, what you're really capable of. I mean, if you're a parent, you probably never thought that you would be able to love, you know, another person. You know, I mean, like you're married and you find out that you've got this love in you that you can share with that person. Well, then you have a kid and you realize that there's more love. And then maybe you have another kid, and, and you're like, "How can I? How, how how can I get more love?" But then someone somehow it comes out. You know, there's love is one of the. It's 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 renewable. It's it's never ending. It's there. Uh, and and whenever the need comes, that more is needed. It, it just it's there, and it, it's a it's a fantastic way, uh, a thing that God developed developed us with the, the way He made us. Whenever it comes to adoption. What do I want to talk about? Well, in photographic terms, I uh, I was inspired by a photography mentor of mine, Jared Hill, um, out of Modesto, California. You know, I uh, met Jared through a, a Udemy.com course um, called Ditch Auto, and it was from him that I truly began to learn and break down how to take photographs and how to work a camera. I believe I actually started this course before I even owned a DSLR. And uh, it was basically, I was using my iPhone 5 and trying to translate as best as I could, trying to learn the fundamentals and basics. And uh, anyways, as I uh, you know got to know him and connect to him through uh, social media and other venues, I actually was uh, fortunate to do a uh, a mentorship through Facebook through the the group we were in, and we it was basically it was a one on one thing, and he mentored me for I don't know it was like four or five weeks or something like that maybe yeah somewhere around there I don't know but we've maintained contact and and uh, but in one of his one of the social media avenues that he talks he had mentioned that he photographs adoption hearings and I thought that that was so cool 
and uh, you know, and that that he he does them free of charge, you know, and and I was like, oh, that's such that's such a cool idea, and I would love to adopt that into you know, speaking of adoption, I would love to adopt that into into my umbrella of photography events. You know, it wouldn't be something that I necessarily market. I mean, I'd have to figure figure that out. You know, like you know, so it's just these couple of things that. You know, it's like it's not going to be like on my price list or anything, but but I would love to be known for somebody who who uh, if if you want somebody to photograph your adoption hearing, you know, think of Jeff Wampler Photography. I mean, like you know, that that's what I want people to think. You know, oh man, like you're doing adoption. Have you ta- you know have you heard of Jeff Wampler? You know, look him up. You know, reach out to him because I just think that that's really cool. It's a, that's a, a fantastic way to reach back into the community to give back to people i uh i don't know i i need to figure that out because i want to do that as a foster parent you know my wife and i being foster parents that the potential for one day that we might we might you know come you know get a kid that we adopt like i would i would love to be able to reach out to a local photographer you know the, uh, somebody that i knew and just say hey you know like like this is what I want to do. Like, do you, do you think you might be willing to to do that? You know, for us and and uh, you know, and just see what they say. You know, and then, I don't know. We'll cross that road whenever we get there. But you know, it's just like it's it's a very important thing to bring a a stability to a child's life. Um, we've learned, uh, you know, in two thousand twenty, the word trauma is thrown around very flippantly. And I don't mean to like downplay any trauma that people do experience, but I I sincerely feel like most people who you know <laughs> have been traumatized, and I'm gonna I, I'm air quoting right now, have been traumatized, have no idea to be a child in foster care, you know to to come to the place where you're adopted out because you know your your parents don't want you anymore they they chose not to work hard enough to get you back getting from one house to another you know and having to learn a whole new family's dynamic and you know not not having their own uh, you know those for a child those really are traumatizing events and uh and so whenever angie and i uh, first considered foster parenting we looked at it as an opportunity to bring a stability to a child's life and um to minister to them you know and ministry ministry doesn't simply mean to preach a good message uh whenever the disciples and the Bible ministered to people. Whenever Jesus ministered to people, it wasn't just him sitting up on you know a platform and preaching a message. Uh, he was feeding people. He was healing people. He was meeting them where they're at. And he was talking to people, uh, laying his hand on people. Um, all the things that the disciples and the religious elite around him saw him doing, and were, why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you hanging out with the lepers? Or the tax collectors, these these low lives. Why are you hanging out with these people? And Jesus said, because 
I love them, <laughs> you know, and so, so I, that's what it's about, you know, it's, it's not about big congregations, uh, it's not about big churches and buildings and sound systems and lights and, and, uh, and all that, you know, and, and how much money comes in the offering plate, um, all of them have their place, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, uh, we we need church bodies. We need church family that we can uh, lean on, that we can go to, that we can celebrate life with. Um, but when the rubber meets the road, what it really is is loving people, and you know, children are people. You know, there there's there's. There's no exemption there. They they deserve just as much love and protection as any of us do. And we as uh, adults uh, should be more than willing to uh, to open our hearts to any of them. Um, you know, going through these these classes and stuff, I learned uh, the foster care classes. That is, I learned that. You know, like in Illinois alone, there are something like, you know, 500,000 children in foster care right now. And the amount of churches that we have in Illinois, that basically what it came down to is, is if one person or one family in every church in Illinois would take one child that that would totally eliminate the foster care system <laughs> that would eliminate the entirety of children in foster care in Illinois right now one family out of every church bringing in one child to their home that would fix foster care now if that's not eye opening I don't know what is um guys, we need we need to love. We need to spread our love. We need to not confuse what love is. We need to realize that that uh God, God made us with love inside and uh he, we just need him. You know, he's the key to unlocking it. That 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 true love, that love that is unconditional. That you can love somebody who's even not in your family, but you can love them as family. You know that kind of love does come from God, and and that's why we need Him in our lives. You know that's what Jesus came to say is like, yo, <laughs> you need this because this is how we're gonna fix things. This is how things are gonna get better. And uh, and so. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, just gave you give you some things to chew on there, and um, so uh, so with that said, I'm just gonna remind you that uh, if you guys, excuse me, if uh, if you guys have uh, any thoughts or questions or anything that you'd like to talk about uh, regarding this episode, um, then feel free to call my number, and literally you can call it at any time; it doesn't even matter. 209-497-4686 or 209-GW-PHOTO and uh, 
I'd, I'd love to hear from you, hear what your thoughts are. Uh, did you like what we, what I talked about? Uh, let me know. Did you not like it? Let me know. If, uh, if you have ideas or, or if you have questions or anything that you'd like to hear me talk about, you know, shoot it my way. And uh, it, it can be related to anything that, we, that I just talked about. It could be photography related. Um, I think I've said it before. You know, I know I'm not, uh, I'm not like a, a master or, you know, a tremendous wealth of knowledge on, on the subject of photography, but I do know things. And, uh, and so, you know, I'd love to be able to help you out if you have questions. Um, with that note, I think I want to add a segment to this and it's maybe it'd be like a photography tip of the week or something. I don't know. That could be fun. Anyways, okay. Now I am tired. I'm feeling it. So, uh, that said, um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, uh, do so. Um, and as I uh, get more episodes out, feel free to uh, review. And or if you if you have an idea of a review you want to do right now, then then uh, you know. Give it to me. I don't care if it's, you know, one star or five star. Just just be open, honest, and truthful, and and uh, you know whatever. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in and hearing what I have to say. Um, yes, this was much longer than uh, other ones, but you know I don't know. I know this maybe sounds like a lot of rambling, and maybe it doesn't. But I don't know. But let me know, or don't. Whatever you feel like. anyways guys thanks again I appreciate you all Um, don't forget get out there and show the world who you were created to be bye